Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we have the force of nature, and she really is, Susan Creamer, who is the force behind Hola or Ola Sober. And you'll notice within the podcast, I really struggle to say that. I think it's the old dyslexia kicking in. It's a very simple thing to be able to say, but I couldn't seem to get Ola Sober out of my head at all. But anyway, apart from that, it is a joyous conversation. As always, it is a celebration of the wins and all the benefits of this alcohol-free adventure that so many of us are on together. And Susan just does this fantastic job. She can talk for Ireland. She can talk more than me when it comes to this alcohol-free adventure. And I must admit, I just loved spending some time with her and her approach is upbeat, it's energetic, it's joyful, it's a celebration of all things that are alcohol-free of life without the booze. And I just think you'll find this conversation truly inspirational. But before we get there, just a note from your coach, myself. If you do want to come and join me and learn everything I know, over 10 years of being alcohol-free and 12 years of being a coach at all levels, from executive coaching to life coaching to football coaching with the premiership footballers in terms of their mindset and everything in between, I am running another cohort in May. This is one less cohort this year we plan to run because I've got so many other commitments. That means less spaces. So we're putting a shout out early if you want to come and train with me in May. Now is the time to get involved. Do visit the main website, andyramage.com. There's a free workshop on there all about how to become a coach if you're interested in this. If you're already a coach, you can come and train with me as an alcohol-free performance coach. You can add that specialism to your coaching portfolio. Also, you can go to the main website, which is arateywaycoach.com, A-R-E-T-E, waycoach.com, if you want to beat the rush and you can apply there once you've checked over all the information that you need to check over and you can speak to one of the team and get prepared to come and join me in May, which will be one of our best ever courses. I'm redesigning the course, I'm upgrading the course, I'm improving the course. It is going to be a monumental experience of self-development, let alone, and probably most people, I'd say actually, not most people, that's probably unfair, probably about 50-50, come to this just with the intention of improving their self-development. Because stand alone, it's the greatest self-development course you'll ever take training to become a coach. And then you end up with this unbelievable skill. That's exactly what happened to me 12 years ago. I had no intention of doing anything with it. And then lo and behold, I took a break from alcohol and I thought, ah, I know what I can use those coach skills for. And here I am now doing what I love every day, my own boss, traveling on my own terms, adding value, feeling like I matter. And I think coaching is a fast pass to a meaningful, purposeful work that very often we all seek. So if you're interested in coming to join with me and you can condense my 12 years of learning, hundreds of thousands of pounds that I've invested in my training into six months of joyous momentum and learning to train with me as our treble accredited coaching course, our diploma in positive psychology and coaching, do check out andyramage.com where you can download the free workshop or also go to aratewaycoach.com. Alrighty, enough from me. Let's get stuck in to our podcast today with the fabulous, the incredible, the powerful Susan Creamer. Look at that, nice moves, nice moves. We're throwing some shapes as we always do on the countdown clock from five to zero. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's lovely to meet you, Andy, and I'm really thrilled. What a lovely Monday afternoon I'm getting to be in your lovely company. So thanks for asking me to be with you. Yeah, and the sun is shining and the woodpeckers, my favourite thing, I'm a big bird watcher, are drilling again. And when the 
Will Pecker start drilling? You know, spring for me has sprung. So it's like a bit of a joyous, a joyous day all round. It is. And you know what? It's funny, isn't it? When we come out of a dark winter and we begin to see that sort of the, the sun in the sky or the flowers peeping up from the ground, there's something really magical and sort of, you know, gives us a new boost of energy when that begins to come in around the corner for us. Yeah, and it's so metaphorical for life and it's very metaphorical for, I think, our relationship with alcohol. And no doubt your story, and maybe we'll get into that in a second, you know, has that shades of there's moments where it gets a bit darker and, you know, you feel like there's that struggle and maybe it's never going to end. And then eventually, like that spring, you you come out the other side and then blossom into something completely new and then realise very often that that greatest struggle, that darkest night actually very often ends up becoming your greatest gift and no doubt that very much lives in your story. So maybe we could explore that together. What brought you to create this brand and magazine and all the work that you're doing with uh, Alo Sova? I think that, you know, it's, it, is, it is interesting that you could kick off there about the woodpeckers in spring because, you know, in the long, dark winter nights um, of, of my drinking career, um, I was that classic case of coming in from work and I used to drink it live, right? I'd come in and I'd drop my bag down and I would go straight to the wine rack and I would open up a glass because I felt I deserved it. You know, somehow I had conquered the world. I had somehow done something important that day, which I hadn't just for the record, but that's the BS we were sold and that's the BS we, we believe in as women. And, you know, you come in every evening and you do that and you drink at life and you drink at parenthood and you drink at traffic on the M40 and you drink at everything that comes your way, good, bad or indifferent. And I think that one of the things that is most frightening to me about alcohol is, is that it creeps up on you, Andy. You know, I didn't open that first bottle to end up where I ended up. I opened that first bottle way back in the day to be, I suppose, part of something that I felt this was why it was interesting. We spent 10 years living in France. Everybody drinks wine in France, don't they? Everybody does this every day, don't they? And you begin to think, I am completely normal doing this every day. And you become totally desensitized to the realities of, of drinking every day. I was desensitized to the reality of the impact it would have on me from a health perspective, from a life perspective. And I suppose when it creeps up on you really slowly and you don't have this classic rock bottom that people talk about, or you don't have what Hollywood leads us to believe, that stereotypical sort of image of you and me trashed under a bridge, you know, you've a couple of earrings and a tattoo at this stage, Andy. Um, I'm, you know, in a short skirt, just short of selling my body like Julia Roberts did in Pretty Woman. And because I haven't got there yet, I'm thinking I'm good. I'm not as bad as these people. I will never be those people. And then, you know, as that sort of sunlight comes into your head and you have that moment of lucidity, whether it's 3 a.m. in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you actually get to grips with yourself in a truthful moment and you say, this can't go on, you know, this can't go on. And then that's where it gets really scary. Because when you look out into the world as to what you could possibly do to help yourself stop drinking, the only thing I could see was AA, 
the only thing I could see was a traditional approach. The only thing I thought was available to me was uh, stigmatization, a label, church halls, dreadful, boring individuals. I do apologize to everybody in AA. I know you're all absolutely divine people, but I actually thought I'd have to go and buy twin set and pearls and start, you know, lowering the tone of my voice and, you know, I had such a bad, bad, bad vista and idea in my head of what it would look like. And you know what? I went then back drinking for another couple of years. And so a decade plus passed between the moment of lucidity and the moment I actually went and got help and went into a sober online school. And I went into a sober online school terrified. I don't know about you, Auntie. I don't know about your day one. But, you know, I was so filled with shame and so filled with self-loathing and being Irish you know, my genetic DNA has shame and self-loathing stamped into it at birth. And so when you put drink on top of it, you know, you're in that dangerous place of believing that you're singularly the worst human being on the planet. You're the worst mother. You're the worst wife. And worse than that, you think, I'm the only one who behaves this way. Nobody at work does this. No, Nobody out there. None of the moms at the school gate do this. I must be the only complete idiot that can't drink properly. And having spent years trying to drink better, buying smaller glasses, having rules of water after each glass, none of it working in online school, I had a 15 second window. And I could either send in my curated representative, that that person we create to hide that duality of spirit and the hypocrisy, or I could go in myself. And in that 15 second window, I knew it was do or die. I knew, Andy, I had to actually save myself because no one was coming for me. Or send in the Ponzi get and the curated version and for none of the help to reach me because I'm too busy putting up this facade. And so having taken the leap to show up myself, all 365 versions of me, my husband would say, um, all 365 versions of Susan went into online school, did the lessons, got help, and came outside and decided I needed, Andy, community. I needed something around me. And that's how the journey to Ola Sober began. I showed up as me. I admitted I needed help. And I came out of sober online school after six weeks and said, if I stay here out in this desert on my own, I'll be drinking in a month. If I stay here out trying to figure it all out on my own, I will be in serious trouble. And I think that that's one of the most important things in life I learned. I need people. I need people around me to support me. And that's community. And that's what I did. And that's how you and I Five years later, I've ended up talking because Ola Sober really began that day. Oh, wow. And, and I think that is so indicative of many stories and very similar to my own some, well, 12 years ago, really, when I sort of set foot on that adventure. Similar thing that I didn't feel there was anything for me that I identified with. I didn't identify with the 12 step. That wasn't right for me at the time. I was very much more of a middle lane drinker, which I've described a lot. Was I drinking too much? Absolutely. Was I anywhere that felt rock bottom? No. So I got out just before that, but I was definitely on a slippery slope. But my big awakening was 
there's no one else. Where is everyone? There's, there's nothing for me. I don't know what to do. And I think that inspired me to start to create community. And that's what I think has been so exciting over the last few years, the likes of yourself to create different communities f- through that need, through that need of looking around and there's nothing for me. And in doing so, then creates a community for other people to come together. And then we create these beautiful spaces. And something you touched on there, I think is the most important bit. You could have turned up as that curated version of you or that authentic version of you and be courageous enough to let the personas and the facade drop. And that's what I think is so wonderful about alcohol-free communities that most people in there, all the fluff has gone, all the pretense has gone. We've got over the fact that we're not perfect. And that just creates this wonderful space. And I guess that's what you're starting to see within Ola Sober. Absolutely. I mean, I think, isn't that it? That's the crux of it, right? The days of the curated version, she's gone, he's gone, right? And we go in and we dive in and the the relationships are intense and they're fun and they're fabulous because the nonsense is gone. I don't need any, I don't need to prove anything to you. You don't need to prove anything to me. I've done the greatest thing anyone can do. I have given up alcohol and I live in full freedom, surrounded by the most amazing people. And we do fun things together. And, you know, I think that's been the greatest revelation. You know, I thought everyone who was alcohol free or somebody who called themselves an alcoholic was a boring old fart. You know, that they were possibly into restoration work and visiting museums. Not that there's (laughs) anything wrong with museums. But what I mean is I have the most joyous, gorgeous band of women, sober girlfriends around me. We call ourselves the bad sisters after the Apple TV production company, one particular band, that TV series that that was fabulous on Apple. And um, we call ourselves the bad sisters and we do all kinds of crazy stuff together. In fact, you know, we, 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 we we talk about fashion and food and cooking and yes, partners, husbands, all the things, but it's fun and it's fabulous. And we, you know, they go walking together and they go away for weekends together. And there's some of them coming to Madrid at the end of the month. And some of them came last month. And, you know, the the fun we have together is real because you know what? Here's the magic. The magic is not just the talking. The magic is the ability to sit in silence together and be completely comfortable sitting on a sofa you know, just sitting there, enjoying a cup of tea, not feeling the need to fill that gap of silence, that feeling the confidence in ourselves as women, feeling the confidence in our relationship, that we don't need to keep filling the gap, which is what we did drinking. Oh my God, I need to, I need, that's powerful to sit in a room, all hanging around, strewn across my living room, just there in January, like bodies. It was like, you know, a teenage dorm. These women are in their 50s and 60s, grown women sitting around, some reading, tea, whatever. And that's, that's powerful, right? That, that, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for authenticity because you and I both know, right? We all work in curated worlds in the past. We all have to send in representation at work at times in our lives in the past. And so in in the great line of a beautiful blog I read recently, I didn't get sober for this shite. You know, I didn't get sober. You know, I didn't get sober for shite. And I didn't get sober for empty relationships and nodding and smiling. No, I got sober to to be me, to have the courage to be me. And to be with a community of people 
who are equally as courageous and bold as I am to be themselves. And that that's a privilege when you spend time with people who are being themselves. And that's the magic, I think, of community that you and I possibly didn't anticipate when we came into this space. Oh, absolutely. And I think for me, the underlying really uh, insight was that I was living that life of quite desperation that Faroe talks about and Christy Moore, you may know, sings about. I'm a huge yes. Christy Moore fan. Um, and I Love him. just described that there. I think so many women and men are leading lives of quite desperation and only ever really get into that superficial layer in terms of their conversation, in terms of their communication. I always say this, I think a lot of men in particular will go to their graves having never had a conversation much below football and work. And I think that's really sad. But then in the alcohol-free community, because that like vow has been lifted, as it were, there's a real opportunity to have deep and meaningful, you know, meaty conversations with people that you've never Absolutely. met, often from all over the globe. And that is nourishing, Absolutely. isn't it? I think our soul, we need that at a soul level to communicate in that way. And I think, as you described there, I had no idea where this adventure was going to lead. I just wanted to stop something initially and stay stopped. But then all of a sudden, you open up this community, you meet new people. Again, the facades have gone and you realize, actually, this is, this is deep. This is powerful. Right? I'm, I'm leading a meaningful life. And which I think, and, and I, we've only just met, but I can tell having loads of fun, you know, and, and you, you strike me as someone that's really enjoying this. And that's, I think, what I've tried to portray for the last 10 years. I'm loving it. This is the greatest choice I ever made. I have more fun now than I've ever had in my entire life. So I just wondered to that point in terms of fun and community, how do you all sort of get together and what are some of the things that you do within uh, Ola Sober? So Ola Sober, Andy, is sort of, if you like, there's three pieces to it, right? And, and it has been this magnificent organic growth in response to community, in response to what does the community need? Because I think one of my driving forces has always been, I don't have a disease, I'm not weak, I am not any more flawed than Johnny down in number 57, Bridie in number 56. You and I are not, you know, deemed by a higher power to be some, you know, terribly, deeply flawed human being. So I was addicted to an addictive substance. So, so that's my line. And was I, you know, in active addiction? I was doing a bottle a day. So let's let's put parameters on where I was. And so that's where I was. Therefore, I feel that there are millions of people, men and women like me, out there who believe the roof has to blow off before they evaluate their relationship. So my idea was coming into this space was to make sure that people knew you didn't have to have destitution, divorce and homelessness as your bio to actually reevaluate your relationship. That was number one. So then I thought, what do I need? What do I need as someone who wants to live a full and a happy life? And the first thing I felt I needed was community. So I set up a community and there are 10 uh, online sober meetings every week for the women and the men have one meeting. And I believe in meetings because they're Zoom squares and they get together and they talk and they support each other deeply. And I think that what you said about men dying before they've had a, what I would call a real conversation one of the most privileged places that I've ever sat was about three weeks ago. And Kieran, who leads the men's Ola Sober for me, he was at a funeral and I sat in the chair for him. And to hear men 
in their 40s, 50s, 60s, having real conversations, real conversations about real stuff and supporting each other was singularly one of the most privileged places to be in a very long time. I'm the mother of three sons. I believe that men are strangled by some masculine memo that says you can't have deep and meaningful conversations unless you have a pint in you, unless it's about football. And so that was powerful to see men connecting with men. And that group on Zoom, once a year, last year I had the gathering in Dublin, this year the gathering is in Madrid, Spain, so therefore bringing them all together to meet in Madrid, Spain, I will make total fools out of them, put them in flamenco dancing classes, do all kinds of fabulous things to make them feel at home and together. So that's the community. And then there is the Ola Sober Academy, which is where I again curated three different programs for people to feel empowered see this is a key piece for me it's not just let's stop drinking it's let's stop drinking and live a full empowered and fabulous life how can we do that through self-development through leadership skills through all of these modules that will shift the paradigm that is that feeling within that says i am less than i am less than and my whole thing is you're enough you're magnificent, you're doing the hardest thing, you're not drinking, and you're doing that in an alcocentric world, you're as ballsy as hell, you're a magnificent being. So like, let's celebrate that. So I have Camino 30, which is 30 days, I've pledged 90. Right now, Andy, I have 358 women in pledge 90, and it's taking the Ola Sober pledge for 90 days. And this morning, their lesson was on the inner critic, right? So we all have an inner critic, but guess what? We also have an inner coach. So can we bench the critic? Can we resurrect the coach? Can we start giving it a name? Let's listen. Let's take on the world. Let's go for that job. Do you, do you have a dream? Because alcohol takes your dream away. So now that you're not drinking, can we resurrect the dream? Can we restructure it? Can we refine it? How can we bring you over the line? And then I have the covenant because I wrote, I, and, and I say this to you and you're a man, but I hope you, you see where I'm coming from. I wrote The Covenant, which is the 10 tenets of Ola Sober. What I believe is the structure in which I got not just sober, but live in sustained, powerful sobriety, right? Powerful sobriety. And the 12 steps were written by men, for men, Andy. There was 12 of them because you're slower in the uptick. There's only 10 tenants because they were originally <laughs> written for women, right? right got it. Nothing personal. But so that's in the academy. And so those, the academies, my, 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 my ambition for the academy is to, to keep building it, right? So I'm bringing in other people to give courses and volunteer their time, give a lecture. You know, I'm bringing in financial planners. I'm bringing in lots of different people. I have someone doing a lecture on art history because I want people to take up their passions. And then I have my, my, ch my, my child, the Ola Sober magazine, which is the media part, which is the most, I suppose, the most joyful thing that I find to do every two months. And really what it is, is I looked at traveling through airports like we've all done for business, right? Yeah. And back in the day, you go through the airport and you can buy a magazine on fly fishing. You can buy a magazine on food. Sadly, you can buy a lot of them about wine. But why isn't why wasn't there something there for me? You know, and, and there wasn't something there for me because they thought I was I was other. 
right? Because I'm not drinking, I'm othered. I'm, I'm over there, you know, stay over in the corner, sackcloth and ashes, you know, let's be done with you. Well, sorry, with all due respect, get lost. I won't say any cursing, but get lost. And uh, I felt I needed to create what was missing. And Ola Sober is my offering to all the sober community to say, we are not different. You do like fashion. You do like beauty. You do like gardening. You like to bake. Take back ownership of the kitchen. And here's some inspirational, motivational stories sandwiched in around all of that, rather than it becoming like a church pamphlet, which would have four words in it. You know, don't do this, you failure right you can imagine it like don't do this you failure so that's my feeling of what would be given to us in the past whereas i wanted the magazine to be glossy and joyful and more importantly often you and i talk to the converted where we become game changers is we talk outside of this space mm. and i want my magazine outside and in and there's people who don't have our thing who read the magazine and i want them to be mindful of the me's of this world that i'm not some you know ginormous failure with you know a big red mark on me i just don't drink like get over yourself like move on right and this is a magazine that I bring out, you know? And and I think that's important because we live in a world where it's the norm to drink copious amounts of alcohol, but it's not normal, right? It's yeah. the norm, but it's not normal. So those three parts give me community, gives me a voice through the magazine and give support to women and men across the world. It's, it's, it's a global community everywhere from Perth, Western Australia, through Hong Kong, down in the Dubai, Sand Arab States, all across America, Central and South America, Canada and Europe. So the readers are everywhere. The community is everywhere. And I think that that's important that all of these people all around the world connect in community and uh, they have get togethers in the U Ola Sober UK come together they eat large quantities of cake but they also go walking and do, go by the sea and they go they do they talk about crafting together and in the US they have get togethers they go hiking you know and I think that's what it's about isn't it it's about living it's not about going sober 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 well listen there's one broken record it's actually about living in empowerment and freedom wow i've been beaming and smiling the whole way through that people can't see it it's just the podcast version but still it, just to listen to that for me just just lights me up because that's exactly it that's exactly what i've resonated with for all of these years is actually it's not just about stopping something and staying stopped and sober 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 as you described it's actually about living it's about reigniting those yes. hobbies and interests and self-development and connection and love and, you know, deep, meaningful, you know, events. And, uh, you know, all of those things are covered off by what you've created yes. here at uh, Allah Sober, which is for yeah. me so exciting. And, you know, I know for you and, and a question for you now, really, how does that make you feel? Because I know when you started out, you were probably felt quite alone like I did. And now you've created this wonderful yes. community where I'm sure people come to you and say, it's changing my life, which is giving them meaning and purpose and ability to share. How does that make you feel? 
I tell you, you know, you know, the word redemption sometimes comes to me, right? I think that um, when I was drinking, I looked like I had it all, okay? Mm -hmm. So I had the jobs and I had the titles and you, you have, you like you, you have all the things, but inside was blind chaos for me, right? Inside, quietly was blind chaos. And now that I live in complete full freedom and joy, and I, and this, this thing has grown, it, it, it feels good because it feels good because that woman that was lost in a kitchen, that woman that felt she was not worthy, that woman that felt she wasn't enough, that woman that felt she was abject and failure, um, is now feeling at peace and feels strong and feels I have a place in the world and I have something to offer. And I've taken all the skills that I you know, learned over 35 odd years in business and I brought them into one place and it makes me feel at peace. And I think that's something that I, I, I strived for in, in when I give up alcohol, because when I was drinking, Andy, I was running a mile a, mar, a mile a minute. You know, it was like back, kept going, 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 airport, meeting, job, launch, dong. It was just incessant because I couldn't stop. Because if I'd stopped, I might have actually had to think. And the last thing I wanted to do was actually think. So you just keep going like a hamster on the wheel. And the magic and the power of sobriety is sometimes in the simplest of things, right? It's even noticing that the daffodils are peeping through. That gives me peace. I wouldn't have noticed or cared, Andy, when I was drinking. Daffodils? Who gives a toss? That's what the gardeners look after. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah. what? Daffodils? So now I find real peace in doing what I do and making it available for people to begin to understand that we can do this and we do this better together, that we don't have to be alone. John Donne says, no man is an island. Well, no, we're not. We're not, we were not born even from a nature perspective, to be alone. We were, we were born to, you know, to cohabitate. So therefore we actually thrive in community. That is what the human being does. We need spiritual connection, soul connection. We need physical, emotional, all of which is locked away from us while we're in drinking careers. Because when we're drinking, we're not feeling. Because we're, this is the thing we sometimes seem to forget. You know, alcohol is a mind-altering substance. Alcohol is a drug. So I was taking a mind-altering substance for a very long time. Now I live my life without it. And, and the magic, like, you know, the curtains have been pulled back. You know, there's yeah. a joy that I feel. There's a depth of emotion that I didn't know I was capable of. And I think love, you talk of love. At the end of my drinking career, you know, I think that the word... I would use about myself in my life and in my marriage was I was tired. I was tired of everybody. And very quickly in sobriety, I re-saw my husband again. I fell in love with my husband again. I, I, I saw things in him that I had forgotten he was because I was too busy looking into a wine glass, looking for, you know, Tom Cruise. There you go. I didn't marry Tom Cruise, I married Richard Gere. But the thing is, is that I was looking into a glass, looking for something, and, and I had it in front of me all of the time. You know, I had it all in front of me, but alcohol was standing between me and what I had because we become lost, really lost. 
And I think that when we sober up or when we stop drinking or alcohol free, whatever people want to call it, there is this new, almost crystal clear clarity that comes to visit. And you wonder, is this just here for a day and is this going to wear off? And then you actually think, oh, my God, this is how people live when they're not doing mind altering substances. And that to me, quite early on, made me see my husband, my life, my children, everything, my friends in a whole new, dare I say it, sparkly light. You know, to me now, everything sparkles because I'm so utterly grateful. And so, yeah, I think that I feel peace, Andy. I think that's mm. what I feel, peace. Yeah, and you, and you are sparkling. It's so beautiful to, to see and, and just listen to you. Yes. It's inspiring. And that's what it feels like, doesn't it? I think it's reconnecting with that authentic self. And so many people would describe it as living in technicolor versus living in a gray world. And, and my world felt gray for a long while. And then till stepped into this world of alcohol-freeness, as it were, and rediscovered myself and went on this beautiful adventure. Yes. And, and now get to meet people like you and, and enjoy life in a completely different level again which is so exciting um and then i was just wondering what is your view on the alcohol free sober movement as a whole and, and where it's going to go over the next five or ten years it feels like there's a real sense of momentum's gathering there's a hell of a long way to go but it definitely feels like there's a real sense of upward progress at the moment yeah i think there is i think there's momentum i think that I was reading yesterday, for example, there's a Vogue article that says, has everybody started drinking? That's the first thing. The second thing is that Nielsen say that the alcohol-free space has gone up by 506% yeah. in terms of alcohol-free drinks yeah. in the last five years. So, so those two things, if Vogue, Vogue is asking this question and talking about alcohol-free drinks so that's that's the street standard, isn't it? And then yeah. if Nielsen are saying it, that's an industry drink standard. So here we have two very powerful voices entering into the conversation. The alcohol-free movement is going in the right direction. We've a lot more, we've worked some work done and a lot more to do is how I, I feel about it. I feel that there is a body of people coming together. Um, it is disenfranchised in some ways. They're all very disconnected. I would love to see it coming together under one big, uh, powerful movement of, of people. I'm all the time trying to bring people together. High-impact volunteers come into Ola Sober because I believe that we have power in numbers. And I believe that we have power if we're all in, you know, singing the same song. And I think that there's more and more exciting things happening in the space. Your app was really exciting to see come online. That's really exciting. Drive. So all of these things are making alcohol-free living accessible. And that's what you and I both know we need to make a real society shift. We need it at multiple levels, don't we? We need it yeah. politically. Yes, we do. We need lobbyists from DC all the way down to Canberra and Australia and every country in between you know, reaching out to their governments, asking for sit-down conversations, changes in legislation, and acknowledgement that alcohol is a toxic poison of which it is not safe for us to drink any amount of units. That would indeed is going to be, should I say, some battle because the big five are so powerful and the industry is so powerful and it's worth billions and billions of dollars. So, so there's a battle ahead on a political front because it's more than just 
changing the law. That's number one. In terms of society at large, there is this fabulous feeling I have when I see pop-up bars and alcohol-free bars coming more the norm in cities across the world, San Francisco, Denver, New York, Australia, Dublin, London, you know, because guess what? Nobody's doing that because they're a charity and they're an NGO. They're doing it because there's money in it. And the space itself, you know, there's so many, you know, alcohol-free spirits and beers. It's exciting. You know, I now have a bigger alcohol-free bar than I ever did as an alcohol bar downstairs, right? My alcohol-free bar is epic. You know, if you come to my house, I'm offering you more drinks than the Savoy, right? And I think that's really positive. I think that the job you and me have really is to to change the chip that 12-step is the only way, or that's one chip that needs to change, and the other thing we need to change is, is that we need to change the stigmatization. My magazine is constantly trying to enter into a conversation about changing the stigmatization as if we, you and I, your community at Dry, our community at Ola Sober, that we're the ones out of step. When the truth is we're ahead of the curve. We're yeah. way ahead of the curve. Uh, we're so ahead of the curve, we make people uncomfortable. As a human being, I've never been ahead of the curve. I'm not a cool person, but I'm ahead of the curve on this one. And I think that we need to, I think that we need to relentlessly continue being bold. You need to be bold. I need to be bold. We need to be vocal. We need to be courageous. We need to have more entrepreneurs in the space. We need more non-monetized spaces. You know, the problem is, is that AA is one of its most powerful things was that you threw a dollar in a basket and that was powerful. And sometimes there are people out there who need help, who can't afford to go into monetized spaces. What I did was very expensive for some people. So Ola Sober is a fully privately funded, nobody has to pay any money, it's a thing. You know, we used to give to breast cancer and dogs and all the rest and now we don't. We only do Ola Sober as a family. And I feel that if people don't want to go to AA, they can come to a space that is non-monetized. And I think that's important because I think we run the risk in a space that is not regulated for uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So therefore, I think that you and I need to be vocal about you're a forerunner in this. You've been in this space for a very long time. You're a hugely respected figure. Your voice is very discerning and people need to hear from you. And I want to continue speaking and bringing the conversation forward so that all of us in the space, all of us in the space are so busy that we actually need, you know, two weeks in Barbados to recharge because we're so busy because people are getting the med- the memo, you know, that they're getting the memo that you can actually live a full and happy and a gorgeous life, a gorgeous life, like gorgeous life without any mind-altering substance in your hand you can be an absolute rock star yeah i absolutely i love this I, i've been smiling the whole afternoon that you've been talking because it's just been wonderful to hear and i think that's so true and it is it's quite fragmented at the moment and you and i will definitely connect on the back of this it's one of the nice things of doing these podcasts isn't it we, we get in the room together and have these lovely conversations and realize how aligned we are and i just wanted to thank you again yes. thank you personally for everything you're doing it is, it is wonderful and we need different voices, shapes, sizes, approaches, 
to this. Yeah. I think we want to give people choice where you and I began there felt like there was no choice and now there's more choice and we need yeah. a, a lot more choice. And I think that will change the game. And I think what's going to be really exciting for us both is that we will see the cultural shift in the next five to 10 years yeah. where alcohol ends up like smoking. I really believe that people will still smoke in the same way they do now. People will still drink in the same way they do now, but they'll do so in full awareness with total consciousness over what that actually entails for them. And I think there'll be a huge wave of people in the interim looking for help and actually looking for organizations yeah. and, and people like yourself and maybe myself that they can lean on to make that shift or that cultural change in their own life. And really, I think it's exciting times. I think it's really exciting times to be part of Alcohol Free Movement. I'm delighted that we've connected today. So on that note, how can people find out more about you, more about the magazine? Do let us know. Hey. Okay, so here, I'm easily found, as they say, the FBI most wanted list. No, I'm joking. You can easily find me on Ola Sober, which is H-O-L-A-S-O-B-E-R.com, olasober.com. On there, you will see the sign-up for the magazine, the meetings, and also the programs we offer at the Academy. Um, please feel free to email me, susan at olasober.com, if you want to put in an article, if you have an idea for the magazine, if you're a reader, I want to hear from you. And if indeed you're out there and you're in Andy's community or anybody and you're sober and you, you, you know, you have some sort of dream to work in publishing or something like that, please feel free to, to email me and send me through some articles and we can have a chat. And I love hearing from both women and men whose alcohol-free lifestyle is giving them the breath, the space, the energy, the time and the outlook to revisit those dreams that they thought had gone. Susan, you've been absolutely fabulous today. I've enjoyed every second. Thank you for joining me and we will do this again soon. Thank you as always for joining me. Make sure to follow along, tell your friends about it and subscribe and all that stuff that you need to do to make sure you don't miss out on the podcast. There will be some special episodes coming up in between these main episodes, my reflections, thoughts, insights on 10 years of this alcohol-free adventure and 12 years on this coaching adventure that I'll be sharing sporadically over the days and weeks. So do make sure you follow along so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff, as it were. And as always, if you do want to come and train with me to learn everything I know about coaching, life, business, and all the good stuff in between, make sure to come and join me in May. Well, I will be running another cohort on our diploma in coaching and positive psychology. It was coaching and positive psychology in many ways that changed my life all those years ago. It's transformed my business, my waistline, my health, gave me the skills and tools that helped me to crack the alcohol code and also introduced me to so many entrepreneurial ideas and initiatives that I was able to escape, escape even the golden handcuffs of a big corporate career to do what I love every single day, to be my boss, to travel and all that lovely stuff that comes with it and feel like I matter, a real meaningful, purposeful work as I continually develop and understand my own brain better, life just gets a little bit better. So if you want to come and learn all that good stuff with me, make sure you go and check out the free workshop on andyramage.com, all about becoming a coach, or go straight to the main website, aretewaycoach.com, A-R-E-T-E, waycoach.com, where you'll find all the details if you want to get ahead of the rush and book your space now, because we're only running three cohorts potentially this year. So that's one less, most definitely, than last year. So there's less places to go around and they always fill up so get yourself in nice and early if you want to come and train with me and go with me on an incredible adventure of learning all right let's do this <laughs>